Welcome to Challenging Silence, a podcast by Women's Health in Women's Hands Community Health Center. We are back again to have much needed discussions about topics related to female genital mutilation or cutting with survivors, advocates, and community members. We're your hosts, Tommy Lola and Sauda. Challenging Silence is brought to you by The Flourish Project, made possible through funding from Women in Gender Equality Canada. You can listen to this podcast series on all major podcast listening platforms and our website, flourishaccess.ca. Please note that this podcast covers topics of sensitive nature, including domestic abuse and violence. To ensure privacy and safety, some guests have chosen to remain anonymous. This podcast is age-appropriate for 16+. Welcome to another episode of Challenging Silence. Today, we are diving into the remarkable journeys of a survivor who has turned the experience of feeling ashamed and silence into a source of strength and empowerment. We have the privilege of welcoming Noelani, an incredible guest whose story will provide a source of inspiration, guidance, and hope for everyone who is on the path to overcoming adversity. Please introduce yourself. Hello everyone, my name is Nolani, a survivor of uh, female genital mutilation, and I'm here to share my experiences and to also um, share uh, what I went through as a survivor and what I'm doing to overcome the trauma that um, I'm, go- I'm going through as a survivor. Thank you for having me, Sauda and Tommy Lola. Thank you for joining us and welcome again, Nolani. So let's start your story at the very beginning. Please briefly tell our listeners about yourself and describe your FGMC experience that serves as the inspiration for your zest to see better support for other survivors. Okay. Originally, I am from Africa. And um, at the age of 13, I was mutilated. It was such a painful, it was a painful moment. And for a 15-year-old, for a 13-year-old, all you want is to thrive, you know, as a child. I remember vividly, it was uh, early morning at 4 a.m. We were woken up by my stepfather and uh, we were taken to a very dingy place. And all of a sudden I had cold hands grabbing me and my sister. And then we were cut, you know, um, I'm just describing, you know, the clitoris, the clitoris, you know, everything, you know, it was cut. And all I can remember from that point was darkness and years of pain, depression and anxiety. The procedure was done by an old lady. Uh, we were asked not to talk. We were asked, you know, not to question. And after that, we were put into isolation for like a month. Because according to the traditions and the customs of the tribes that I, the, 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 the community that I come from back in Africa is that once a girl undergoes this, this practice, you know, first it's done in private, in a dingy place. You don't know how, you know, the instrument, the, the, the tools that were used. And ever since that happened, you know, no one was, we were asked not to talk about it. 
not to question because if you did not undergo that, then uh, you were not going to, re- they did not refer you as a woman. So that is how it went. And uh, over the years, as I grew up, I experienced uh, discrimination and isolation and the fear of not speaking up as a, first as a girl and also as a woman. But later on, I decided now to enter into activism and to speak about these barbaric practice and to have fellow women like me stand up and speak up for themselves. But um, as a young girl growing up, it wasn't easy at all. I developed anxiety. The psychological tortures that, that came with that is something that I'll never wish on my worst enemy. Thank you for that. And I'm truly sorry that you had to go through such a traumatic and painful experience. It is unfortunate that young girls have to undergo such a practice to be considered a woman or because of a social norm. But I am glad that your experience has led you to speak up for other survivors and girls at risk. Thank you, Tomilola. That's why I'm very passionate about speaking about the rights of women and girls. And uh, over the years, I've led projects uh, that geared towards uh, gender equality as it's it is stipulated in the Sustainable Development Goals. And this is uh, goal number five, you know, uh, at the forefront of, you know, tabling these issues on the table and having policymakers change the laws and going after perpetrators and people who, you know, who are practicing this this barbaric act because as we speak over 200 million women uh, girls are going through fgm and as we speak a girl is dying somewhere you know out of uh, female genital mutilation and little is being done you know to stop uh, to prevent this practice and it's uh through these such platforms like these that we're able to highlight the plight of you know uh, of girls who are going through the same and acting as a voice of the voiceless and bringing up these these issues uh, on the table and helping to prevent uh, female genital mutilation yeah yeah you're most definitely positively contributing to the sdg goal number five to end fgmc and i'm glad that you are using your experience to pave the way for positivity. Yes, the wounds might have healed, the physical wounds, but the psychological wounds, they never go away. The nightmares that come with that is something that not everyone will understand. But survivors of FGM will tell you that the psychological implications that come with that, you know, uh, fast, you know, painful periods, you know, difficulties in giving birth, you know, lack of confidence. All of a sudden you feel like you're no longer like other women, but it's through therapy. And uh, like I said before, platforms like these that I help people like us to come out slowly and slowly and to educate people about FGM and, you know, condemning this act and calling for stronger laws that are able to protect girls not to go through this Thank you for sharing once again. What steps did you take to start your healing and were the individuals or support systems that played a pivotal role in your journey toward empowerment? Yeah, this is a very good question, Sauda. I, after that, after going through FGM and being able to learn like uh, what happened to me happened to 
millions of girls uh, all over the country, uh, I mean the world, I decided to be an advocate of women and girls because I realized that the community that I come from, that the women's voices are suppressed. Uh, no one speaks for women and, uh, women's and women and girls. And I decided first to seek healing. And as we all know, healing is a journey. You know, you don't just wake up one day and you're healed. You know, it's a process that you have to go through. And I decided to enter into initiatives that uh, empower the girl child and advocated for their rights. So I got involved in initiatives that champion for education, initiatives that champion for, uh, you know, sexual reproductive health and rights, which FGM is one of them, you know, eliminating, you know, sexual gender-based violence and having women speak, you know, being at the forefront at the decision-making tables. So I decided also, I also joined in, in task forces that are involved female genital mutilation task force that would be able to uh, work closely with the decision makers to eliminate uh, FGM in our community. Even though a lot has not been done, but this practice is still done and it's done in silence. A lot of girls end up losing their lives and I'm blessed and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be here today as a survivor because I know of my friends who died going through this uh, practice and no one is there to speak for them. And, and that's why I decided, hey, by coming out, I'll I'm speaking for that girl who did have, you know, the strength, did have a chance to come out and speak for themselves and to advocate for change of policies and laws that are able to, you know, to prevent more girls to, uh, going through this barbaric act. So, and it is when, it's not until I came to Canada, um, because uh, I said, you know, I, I I don't want my children to go the same thing, through the same thing that I went through. And uh, it's by doing this that I'm able to seek therapy because I came to understand that I went through very, very, very hard and very painful journey that it's not until now that I'm seeking healing and also therapy to enable myself lead a movement of fellow uh, survivors who are able to table these voices and ensure that FGM is eliminated in the society. Thank you so much for highlighting the importance of taking care of yourself and how you did that through healing and therapy and advocacy. Thank you so much for highlighting that aspect, especially the importance of advocacy. I feel like that's really important in regards to healing and how you took care of yourself and now you're helping other people. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with Salda. Thank you for highlighting the importance of advocacy work. And mm -hmm. I want to ask, in your advocacy work, what are some challenges that you faced as you started to open up about your experience and openly talk about your story? And those challenges, how were you able to overcome them? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Salda and Tommy Lola, for that. So one of the challenges that I faced as a, as a woman coming out and also as a survivor of FGM was that not everyone, you know, uh, will understand where you come from. And people who have not gone through this uh, will not understand the pain that comes with this. First of all, I'll speak from the advocacy level. There are people who still see that uh, it, 
you know, eliminating FGM in the in the society or FGM or female genital cutting is not an important issue. Well, so they want to prioritize other things. But as an advocate of sexual reproductive health and rights, I've been at the forefront to just call upon elimination of this practice. So uh, another challenge is a sl- slow application of the legislative processes that will bring the perpetrators to book. Indeed, this practice, like I said, it's done and under, you know, the rightful watch of, you know, of governments and all that, but perpetrators are not brought to book. So as a survivor and as somebody who's really passionate about, you know, advocating for the rights of, of girls, it is it's, sometimes it's so discouraging to hear in, in, in the media that, you know, a girl lost her life just because she went through FGM and nothing is being done. As we speak, like I said, a girl somewhere is going through FGM. As we speak, a girl just lost her life through FGM. And the silence is deafening. And the more we remain silent, the more we, we lose future and bright lives that were supposed to you know, bring a positive impact into this world. And the challenges are also faced as a, I face as a survivor is discrimination from people who have not undergone through this. And um, it's why today, you know, it's one of the few times that I'm coming out to speak as a survivor and to say that all we just need is support as survivors, therapy and more therapy, I would say, to break this intergenerational trauma that is that has been passed down through uh, you know, our communities and the societies. So I would basically highlight those few challenges as one of, uh, of some of the challenges that I'm, I'm facing as a survivor. Uh, yeah, those ones for now. Yes. Thank you for that. I do agree that the lack of legislative support is an ongoing challenge to eradicate FGMC in practicing countries because without laws to prevent cutting, perpetrators will still continue to cut because there is no consequence for their actions. And without laws, parents are not discouraged to not take their daughters to get cut. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is really an ongoing issue, especially in a lot of the African countries where it is practiced. They don't have really strong laws. And if they do have have laws it's not enforced and i want to also say thank you for really highlighting that deafening silence uh, because that is also a huge issue it is really the foundation for creating this podcast that's why it's called challenging silence because in in this work through flourish i have seen that there is such a huge silence surrounding fgmc silence among survivors not feeling comfortable to speak about it because of stigma which is understandable But there's also silence from this part of the world, the Western part of the world, not acknowledging that this is a global issue and that you have women who have immigrated to your country who need support. And you have girls who are born in your country who might be at risk, but they don't put enough focus on FGMC like they do other forms of gender based violence. So thank you very much for highlighting those challenges. Thank you, Tavilala. And the next question is, what would you say to other survivors who are in the early stage of the healing or have been considering sharing their stories to break their silence and stigma surrounding FGMC? Okay. Uh, Thank you, Sauda, for that question. A very precise question. 
uh, especially at this time. So um, what I would like to advise uh, fellow survivors who are going through these early stages of healing is that there's no shame, there's no guilt. And that's why organizations like Women's Health in Women's Hands have provided platforms to engage with survivors like us to come out and speak out. Because I believe that is speaking out is one of the process, like it's one of the stages, very important stage of healing, accepting that, yes, it happened. What next? And um there's uh, more support uh, on, on the ground. There are people willing to help us, you know, come out, speak out and help fellow women break these uh, social norms. Another thing I would like to advise uh, fellow survivors is that we survived. And that's why we are here today to speak out and to hold one, you know, each other's hands and to look at each other and congratulate ourselves that, hey, despite everything, we survived and we are here today. Another thing that I would like also to share with my fellow survivors is that all hope is not lost. There's still time to come out and speak out and you never know you'll be saving a life out there. So it is very important that we all start our journey of healing. I know it's not easy fighting the nightmares, anxiety, the depression that comes with that, you know, other people have suffered, you know, obstetric fistula, you know, anemia and, you know, all those things, you know, name them. So organizations like Women Health and in Women's Hand, uh, Hands, uh, you know, have come up with projects like Flourish to help, you know, survivors go through this uh, healing journey and to be able to call upon proper legislative laws that help eliminate FGM. So that's what I would like to tell them. And I, I feel like uh, uh, together we can and together we can make a lasting impact those who experienced FGM are not victims, rather they're survivors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree with you 100%, Sauda. I believe that survivors are not victims. You know, you overcame what tried to kill you and your scars, whether seen or not, these are the scars that you'll turn out, you know, to be stars. So you being one of the people that has undergone through this painful journey doesn't make you less of a woman. It makes you a conqueror, somebody who, despite everything, you emerge stronger and be able to to speak up about these issues. So what I would say is when the right time comes as a survivor, don't be afraid to come out. There are avenues willing to hear your story and you never know your story will end up changing lives. Thank yes. you so much for that, Nolani. I know for sure that you sharing your story and people listening to this episode, it will have a positive impact on other survivors. The story shared by a remarkable guest today serves as a testament to the incredible power of resilience, courage, and human spirit. Her journey from silence and shame to strength and empowerment has shown us that it is possible to heal transform and inspire change and thank you once again for those words of advice to other survivors who might not be ready to speak up but you've provided them with such great encouragement for when the time comes thank you tommy lola i'm really grateful to be a part of this wonderful podcast and this is the start of healing and this is where we break the silence and gear towards action positive action wrap up this episode, we encourage you to reflect on the lessons learned from our guests. 
the experience shed light on the importance of breaking the silence, seeking support, and finding creative outlets for healing. Nolani, thank you for joining us on this informative journey, and we look forward to sharing more empowering stories with you in the future. Until next time, stay resilient, strong, and powered.